0: Hey everyone, this is your lecture for the week on the magazine article I asked you to read about De Beauvoir's ethics of ambiguity. This is the Philosophy Now magazine. This uh, article is was written in uh, 2008, I believe by Charlotte Moore. Um, I wanna start out by talking a little bit about the structure of the article so that you can follow along as you're reading it. <clears throat> So this is a pretty um, common structure for a philosophy paper. Um, What Moore does is she presents de Beauvoir's ethics of ambiguity as a theory, um, that's section one, then she presents an objection to that theory. She presents Christana Art's objection that the ethical system of um, de Beauvoir's ethics of ambiguity is subjectivist or relativist, that's the objection, And then the the third step that Moore takes is that she provides evidence from de Beauvoir to argue against ARP's position and claims instead, this is Moore's claim that she's defending, she claims instead that existentialist ethics is not relativistic or subjective. So that's sort of how you can follow the structure of this piece. I think it's pretty easy to follow once you get into it, even if some of the content is unfamiliar or a little bit rigorous. Um, So there's just a few things that I wanna point out in this lecture. First, we get an additional piece of um, sort of the existentialist ethical theory from de Beauvoir, and that's the concept of ambiguity. It's in the title Ethics or Ambiguity, but we haven't talked about it yet. So here we get um, Charlotte Moore summarizing what Simone de Beauvoir means by ambiguity. And the way that she does that is with reference to two terms that Sartre uses, the in itself and the for itself. Let's talk about that real quick. So the claim about ambiguity is that a human being is both an in itself and a for itself. So what is an in itself? An in itself is a thing in the world. It has a past that determines what it is now. So like, Um, my coffee mug sitting on the table is an in-itself. It doesn't um, have any choices to make. It just exists as it is in itself. Um, It has a history, right? It was produced in some kind of factory. um, And now it sits here as what it is forever. That's an in-itself. A for-itself, on the other hand, is a being that makes choices for itself. It gets to determine what its future is. Um, and human beings are are for itself. Um, we get to um, decide what happens to us in the future. Now, what de Beauvoir is pointing out with this term ambiguity is that in fact, a human being is both an in itself and a for itself. So the way that I exist in the world, I am a thing in the world, right? I'm a physical being in the world. And I have a past that determines where and what and who I am now, just like my coffee mug has a history that determines what it is and where it is now, right? I also have a history that I can't change. It just, you know, the past. Sort of leads me up to this moment, and it's all um, as inerasable and inescapable as the past of my coffee mug. In that respect, I am an in-itself. I'm an object here in the world, right? But then I'm also a for-itself. Human beings can also freely choose and act. Um, Our future is open, and we get to decide what happens next. In that respect, we are. For itself. Okay, so the human being is both kind of like a thing in the world and a freely choosing being whose future is open. Um, so De Beauvoir argues that we're always both of these things. We're always both a thing in the world and an actively choosing being, and that we can't prioritize one over the other. Um, that's part of the challenge. Another part of the challenge of like figuring out our ambiguity is that we have to recognize both aspects in other people, right, so the tendency um this might this is gonna sound strange at first, but then I think you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I kinda do that." The tendency is to think of yourself as a for itself you think of yourself as free and choosing and deciding what to do next, but we think of others. As in itself. We think of other people as just kind of like things in the world that we have to move around and like deal with because they're just things that are out there and like they are doing their own thing. Um, You might think about um, particularly frustrating situations like um, sitting in traffic or waiting in a line. Um, You think about yourself as the one who has things to do and places to go. And you think about other people as things that are in the way, right? This is sort of our tendency. We think about ourselves as for itself and we think about other people as in itself or just objects, right? So the challenge of understanding of our ambiguity is to think about everyone in both of those ways. So we have to recognize in ourselves that we are also just kind of things in the world for other people. And we have to recognize that other people, this is the hard one, we have to recognize that other people are free beings, that they have their own goals and challenges and ideas and plans. And they're not just things in the world that are there in our way. Okay. So this is the um, the concept of ambiguity that De Beauvoir introduces into ethics that really shapes the way she thinks about um, what are good choices to make and what are bad choices to make, because we're all, we have to recognize the sort of fundamental ambiguity of the human being. Okay, so once Moore has laid that out in her article, she reminds us, moving into the next section of her argument, she reminds us of the definition of ethical subjectivism. And here she says we could also call it relativism. So this article is treating those two as synonyms, even though we talked about them as sort of slightly different things in the beginning. Um, we can go ahead and collapse those into one thing. Subjectivism or relativism, we're gonna talk about them all as one thing. She says there are basically two parts of ethical subjectivism or relativism. One, there. Uh, That kind of theory believes that there are no universal moral standards that everyone ought to follow, right? Ethics is just subjective or relative. It means there are no universal moral standards for everyone to follow. The second part of that definition, according to Moore, is that all ethical judgments, claims about whether something is right or wrong or good or bad, those are just subjective individual opinions, right? So there is no fact about what is right or wrong. There are just opinions that people have. Okay, so those are the two principles of ethical subjectivism. No universal moral standards and any ethical judgment is actually just your personal opinion. So this other author, Kristana Arp, has, um, has argued that existentialist ethics is subjective or relative in this way because existentialist say that humans have to make choices and take responsibility for creating their own values, right? That is something that existentialists say, that it's up to us to decide what is meaningful or good. Kristana Arp says that makes it subjective. But then Moore wants to argue back, okay? She is on De Beauvoir's side here, and she says, hold on, Arp, let me argue against that. She says, there is actually an objective or universal value in existentialist ethics. Let me tell you what it is, right? She says there are are sort of like um, universal criteria or standards for what makes choices good choices. We have to choose to be genuinely free. We have to take responsibility for what we choose and what we create and what we are. And we have to choose freedom for all human beings, right? This is the result of recognizing ambiguity, the fact that um, people in the world are for themselves. They're not just in themselves, right? They're not just things in the world. They are um, freely choosing human beings. When we recognize that, we have to choose freedom for all of those human beings. That is the standard of existentialist ethics, as de Beauvoir understands it, and that's what Moore is arguing for here. Um, There's also an argument about intersubjectivity, which means that our own identities are always relational and reciprocal, which means um, basically we only are who we are because of our relationships and interactions with other people, that's intersubjectivity. Um, That argument is a little more complex and a little more sort of outside the realm of what I want you to get out of this article. So um, read it, take interest. Intersubjectivity is cool. It's an interesting idea to think about, but we're gonna sort of pass over that part. The important things to take away here is the concept of ambiguity. What does it mean, right, for the human being to be fundamentally ambiguous? It means we're always two things at once. We are always A thing in the world that just is here, and we can't change how we got here or what we are right now, but also we are freely choosing beings who can become something else in the future. That's our ambiguity. And the second thing that that I need you to take away from this article is that um, there is a way of thinking about a single criteria for. Good choices or the right, um, the right choices in existentialist ethics, and for de Beauvoir, that is recognizing other people 's ambiguity that they are free beings, not just things put in our way in the world, and that they also need to be allowed the freedom to create value and meaning, which means It's our ethical responsibility to use our freedom to support and fight for other people's freedom. That is the criteria for good choices in existentialist ethics. Okay, I hope this lecture has um, helped you to get a handle on existentialist ethics and not just been a distraction. You have um, that exam to do this week as well as a short check-in on Blackboard. Um, I just want to hear how you're doing and um, what's going on in your lives because I miss you all and I care about you. So um, hopefully you are doing well and um, I'll talk to you again next week. Okay, bye everyone.